going on, everybody? Episode 210 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. This week, we've got a well-known guest, Austin Enterline, in studio once again, um, this time with a big buck story. Um, actually, Austin's biggest buck to date, we believe. Um, hasn't been officially scored, but we're thinking it's going to be his number one buck. Um, Austin picked up a lease down in Ohio and spent I mean, hundreds and hundreds of miles um, in the truck back and forth between PA and Ohio, scouting and hunting and scouting and hunting uh, back and forth. And it finally paid off for him here in rifle season. So we got him in studio to tell the full story. Hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to quit rambling and let's get tuned in to this week's episode. got out of the truck and when I slammed the door I heard gobbles all around me Alaska moose spot and sock that is the bucket list I agree What's going on, gang? Um, rifle season's over in PA, but sure is. Deer Camp Series is still rolling. We got so many big bucks to talk about. We got to keep it going. Yeah, we're a little backed up on stories. Um, but Speaking th- of backed up, <laughs> what we got Austin in the studio tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, um, that's what I was getting to here is that uh, we have a special guest in the studio once again. Uh, AE, what's going on, buddy? Good to be back. Man, I feel like it's been a while, but here I am. It's been uh, it's been too long, if you ask me. Um, last week we had a story from Tom and Frank, uh, and another one from Tom on his Fisher, um, but those were just doe kills. Um, we brought you in studio because something spectacular happened in the deer woods for you this year. Not only that, but something spectacular happened on Christmas Eve. What happened on Christmas Eve? Oh right, were you guys that stupid? No. no. We made Austin a for real partner now. He's he's yeah. in the business. He's Austin way in. That is, true, is yes. an official member of White Cat Outdoors. Let's That's give it awesome. up for Austin, everybody. Oh man. I should maybe just like inlay like a lot of clapping and cheering there. <laughs> um, so like it's a official sitcom with like the laughing and the clapping. Yeah, a little Seinfeld or something. <laughs> um so Austin, Glad you're on board. I yeah, we're thank happy you. to have you. That's babe. Awesome. I feel like Tom's just going to interrupt completely on this episode <laughs> a lot. No. Um Tom got Should out of work early good today. For the rest of the evening. <laughs> uh, Tom got out of work early today and uh, made a quick pit stop at the local Fat Willie's bar. Um, so we apologize now. <laughs> um, so Austin, I want to back up a little bit here. Um, I believe we ha- we did talk about your Ohio lease earlier on in the year. Yeah. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, give us a quick recap um, about you know this new lease. You know, you obviously don't have to give us away locations. We don't need you giving that valuable information away but start with you know the new lease and everything like that what you did at the property and then let's let's just get into it what happened this year right so uh this was new for me starting a lease this year in ohio 
And uh, I mean, the ETA from here to there is probably four and a half hours. I so mean, it's not it's, just a quick no. go hunt an evening and come back. Yeah, it was always a weekend trip going down there. And uh, my dad was a part of it before years prior. And uh, I always heard good things about it. And there was always about several other guys on it too as well. And they they shot a a pretty nice buck. I can't remember how many points it was, but I mean it was scoring close to one fifty or higher. And so I was always down to do it. So this year, uh, I got my first taste of it going down there and turkey hunting and scouting the land and seeing what was planted and other such. But it is two hundred fifty acres, and there is one nice. Uh, field planted there and this year was beans which was nice and it goes through a couple other properties that next door beans and corn so you got a lot of ag around you yeah there's definitely plenty of food for these whitetails down there so how much uh would you say like acreage of timber like huntable timber do you have i mean if out of 250 acres there's probably 50 acres of beans and then the rest was all okay so you got some some area to move around and... yeah ravines i mean definitely one steep ravine and then the rest is i mean there's clear cuts i mean anything you want all around there but uh so it sounds just like a slam dunk of a spot it's pretty nice yeah i mean you're paying for it for the lease that's for sure Sounds like it was worth it though. In the end, here it was what we'll get into. Yeah. Um, so, how like, just go like real quick right through um, how your archery season went down there. Uh, a little bit of your trail cameras. Um, like, what were you seeing uh, throughout the season? So I started out uh, during the summertime. I had a couple salt blocks out. Didn't think I was gonna really be my main goal is having feed out with all that feed all around through there. But, uh, yeah, throughout the summer, there was some nice bucks. I mean, definitely way bigger than what I shot, too. But, uh, yeah, we get down get down to archery season and uh, leaves still in the trees. I didn't really know where I was going to have my stands yet, being my first time down there. I mean, as soon as archery or rifle season hits, the whole map changes. But... Uh, the other guys that are on the lease, do they live closer? Are they all like local guys oh, that have to commute farther? We're all local. I mean, so it's not like everybody's a, there yeah. all the time, and every time you show up, you got seven other people to contend with for a spot. You're kind of. Yeah, most of those guys there, they all rifle hunt. And there was a couple archery hunters this year, but I mean, it was just mostly me down there during uh, archery. But yeah, I mean. So. You did, uh, you bought a mobile setup this year, um, yeah. like above your climber. Um, did, did that come into play at all this year at the lease or? I did use my lone wolf quite a bit. Um, looking around different spots, seeing which camera is hot and that's what I would sit by. But, uh, I feel like 99% of the time those big bucks were in the middle of the night or early in the morning, like. It was always dark getting a picture of those big bucks. There was never a daytime buck picture. Hmm. 
And I had like eight cameras down there. So with eight cameras down there, like, I mean, were they mostly on like field edges and scrapes and stuff? Uh, field edges. I mean, you name it. I literally had it everywhere. Like, like did you have any like thick, like I, okay. had, I found old scrapes. I put them on, which I found turn hot right at the end of October where it started getting the rut. And that was like the first time I had a big pog picture, like shootable daylight. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I mean, it was hit or miss. I mean, I don't know if it was possible to shoot a decent buck down there in daylight, but it was all a learning curve. I mean, that was totally yeah. new down there, and it's your yeah, your first year. I mean, anytime we've ever hunted a property for the first time, that first year is a lot of just learning the property and right. seeing what happens. Um, you know, my dad bought the farm in Cambridge and. Uh, this is the first buck that Tom this year was the first buck he killed there since my dad got it. Um, it was the first buck anybody's killed since dad got it. Yeah, that's true. So like it was just, it took a couple of years for us to learn because we had hunted it in the past um, and we had killed bucks there. But right before my dad had bought it, uh, the whole property was logged. So it totally changed the way that deer were moving through the property. And it took us a good two to three years to really learn what's happening again. And then um, even... To expand off of that, like I talked about last week, I have some fisher traps out there right now. And walking the trails the past two, three days, checking my fisher traps, I've found some new spots that we haven't hunted that should really be taken into consideration to hang a stand there next year. Hmm. So a slow archery season, but obviously you didn't give up on it. Um, so going into rifle season... Do, did uh, your tactics change or anything? Like, what, what was, I guess, what was your thoughts going into rifle season after archery? So, yeah, after archery, I mean, I really learned a lot just being down there. I mean, I really thought the beans were going to be hot during archery. Mm-hmm. They love those green leaves, just snacking on them, coming out a little bit early. Didn't get a break to catch one there. And, um, I mean, as soon as rifle season started... I mean, the guys started coming down, and we were um, picking names for te- or stands down there. So it was like a random draw? Yeah, which I knew beforehand that's what it was going to be. I was totally it's, okay with It's not a so terrible So how does that work? Do, do they, like, say, okay, we're drawing for this stand, and then they draw a name, or do they draw a name and say, okay, this person, you get to pick your stand? Uh, we draw twice, so every stand's numbered, and then we draw once. I forget how we did it, but we drew so you have it like twice. a like a name like a hat with stands and a hat with names, and yeah. you just one one. Yep, that's right. Okay, I, I guess for a lease, you know, everybody's putting in you know equal to it. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense to do it that way. So there's not there there can't be any like well that guy always gets the best stand. You yeah. know, it's just totally random. Oh, it was totally fair. I mean, uh, so actually, I ended up that first weekend we were down there. I uh, shoot, I can't remember the day it was. I know, rifle season opened on a Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were there on Monday, and I was I shot my buck on a Tuesday. So the Monday, I was sitting there. I drew a stand. I mean, it was in a pretty good spot. I mean, the one they shot in prior years was a little bit up the hill, and it was a good crossing. I mean, this whole property is a crossing area in between mm-hmm. other properties. It's pretty much all it is. But uh, I passed up a nice... A point. I mean, it came right underneath me within 10 yards, and it was 
it was hard to pass up, but I did it. And uh, probably a buck you would have shot in PA or New yeah, York. Yeah, I but probably just... would have shot him in PA in New York. But uh, I mean, it was. And that was Monday, so opening day you saw that eight point. Yeah, that uh, was about nine o'clock in the morning, which was cool to see. I mean, if I see a big a buck like that, I was happy overall. But so by the end of your sit Monday, are you starting to like a little regret? On not shooting that buck, or were you okay with passing? No, I was. I was okay. I mean, I was. It had to be within around one thirty or higher. That was what I was going for. Okay. No matter what. And I tell you what, it is really tough for an eight point to hit yeah. that one thirty. Mario, that's a that's a stud of a deer. Yeah, I mean, this one's probably. I mean, it was close. It was one fifteen, one twenty. I mean, it was it was that's a, a nice buck. eight point. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, even at eight yards, you're looking at it, you got your sight on them, you're like, oh, man, I can't do it. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, if you have to think about it, it's yeah. probably best, especially yeah. opening day. Right. So, day two, uh, is, is the whole crew still in camp, or? Yeah, we're all there. I mean, we all got the hotel together, and, I mean, it comes to that second morning, we're all out there. We Back all got to our, the same stands, or do you guys redraw? We all redraw that. We oh, all okay. go out to dinner and have a couple margaritas and redraw. And <laughs> I love the margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, I drew my second stand, and I I had a feeling that was a great spot anyway. And everyone else redrew, too. And we started off that morning, and, I mean, it was cold, cold and windy. I mean, unlike right now, it's like 58 degrees yeah. or yeah, it's crazy how warm it is right now. Cold and windy, though, that just makes them big bucks get right up on their feet and mm-hmm. it was move cold. about. It was low 20s, and it was blowing hard. I love it. I feel like I'm there. Yeah. And then, so I'm sitting in the stand. I mean, this stand is not the greatest by any means. And um, I'm getting daylight. I mean, there's a four-wheeler trail where I'm capable of shooting down. It kind of bows up towards me. It goes back down the hill. And uh, I'm sitting there, it's just getting daylight, and I, I could just start to see. I've never sat here before, and I'm looking around, starting to see what I could shoot, and like different shooting lanes I could hit. Wind's blowing, super cold, so I'm all bundled up. Just I'm pretty much just got my hood up, like three hood up, hoods up, and a beanie. I mean, I can't hear anything to save my life. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm just sitting there. I'm just doing a pivot, you know, left and right pivot. Head on a swivel. I like it. Yeah. So I stood there. I mean, it was a slow morning. Didn't see anything. No one else saw anything either. And, I mean, some guys are getting cold, ready to get down. They're sending a message and be like, all right, I can only make it till noon. And sure enough, I was doing my pivot. I look one way. And I looked the other way, and I looked back over on the four-wheeler trail. I saw a tail wiggle. And just the back end of the deer, I couldn't tell what it was because it was, like, behind the tree going into the brush. I'm like, oh, man, what was that? So I get my gun up, and I'm looking, and I, I start to see some horn. I'm like, okay, all right, I, I can see what this is kind of. And I couldn't – he was just on a strong, heavy walk, like almost a prance going mm. through the brush 
he knew where he was going and he was just walking. He yeah, wasn't he was just browsing. And I was on the middle, middle of the hill, in between two thickets, and he's cruising up through the thicket. Start. He's like, kind of going up the hill toward like above me. It cuts over across, and he starts cutting up. I could tell he was a good buck. I couldn't see what he was yet, and I get my gun up. I'm trying to get him to. Like, I'm trying to get situated where I get a good rest, and mm. this stands super loud. Even with my, <laughs> my hood up and everything, I'm, I'm creaking away. <laughs> oh, man, it was driving me nuts. But <clears throat> he starts going up across the hill. I mean, he's almost a 90 degrees from me from last psalm. And then he gets, he starts cutting over across, and I go, meh, meh, meh. And I'm, like, screaming at him, trying to get him to stop. And then he finally, he stopped and he looks at me and I can only see half his rack. I mean, just the tip of his ear and out over. And I could, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good one. So mm. I flicked the safety off and I couldn't get a shot then. So he starts going again. And I, I try to stop him two more times. And then I finally got a good That's walk. risky business trying to stop him after he moves again. Cause sometimes they'll jump yeah. on that. But he didn't seem like he was startled. He was just. Well, it was like, probably cause it was so windy. He just, yeah. he wasn't super alerted to whatever the sound was. He was like, maybe I heard something, maybe not. He, yeah. And he even went downwind to me. Never even smelled me either. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those real heavy wind days. It's probably blowing right over his back. He don't even smell you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he kept going, and I finally got a good walk. I mean, it was this moment, or that was it, because mm-hmm. I literally took a kind of a prancing shot, and I shot, and I knew I hit him because his back legs kicked up. And then he kind of spun around and trotted off over the little, uh, there was like a second little ravine, and I didn't see him after that. And I texted the guys, I'm going, he's going right at you. And then he never saw him. So I waited an hour. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get down and look. Everyone get ready. So I'm going down looking for blood where I shot him. And I saw some blood there. And then I started walking a little more. And he started really bleeding out. And then, sure enough, I found him in that little dip. Just right where I couldn't see over. It seems like they always... Yeah, it's like just, just out of sight. Yeah, like to, enough to where you're like, oh, I wonder if he went down. <laughs> they always just seem to find that spot where it's like you saw him running, and then you just never can pick him back. You're like, ah, I think he's down in there. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure enough, that he was right there. So what? Uh, what was he? It was an eight. Big eight. Big eight. Yeah. So uh, that was the one that haunted me. I was gonna have that week off during the rut. Mm-hmm. It was that Halloween weekend. That is like. My favorite weekend that whole week, mm-hmm. and that sure enough, he was there right at that scrape. So you had pictures of this guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and those pictures haunted me. I'm like, dang it, I should have been there. But uh, I mean, I'm just happy if anyone would have shot that buck. I mean, if out of the seven guys down there, if any of them got that one, I mean, that was enough for all. Well, of I mean, us. he was one of the top bucks you guys had pictures of, wasn't he? Yeah, that one was running around a lot. Actually, he didn't come in until like. The beginning of October. Hmm. Um, this, I correct me if I'm wrong, but this is your best buck to date, correct? I think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you haven't put a tape to him yet, have you? No, I did shoot another heavy eight, but 
No, this one probably would score more. So this one just seemed like it had great Real beam nice length. Real nice tine length. Yeah, the, looks like it had really big beams, super tall tines, um, good mass on it. He just seemed like everything you want in a buck he had. Yeah. So. Oh, it was definitely awesome, yeah. As Tom would say, a real humdinger. Absolutely. <laughs> well, <coughs> geez. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Everyone's going to love to hear that. Yeah. So. Of course. Uh, awesome. I am super happy for you, especially first year on the lease. Um, smoke a big buck like that. Yeah, thank uh, you. Just makes it all worth it. All them trips, sleeping in the tent in the back of your truck. Stolen camera. Oh, dude, I didn't even hear it. You had a stolen yeah, I didn't camera. Know you had a stolen camera. Either. Yeah, I got a camera stolen, which is you know. It's actually a pretty good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, having, I think I had eight cameras down there total, tactic cams. I mean, sure enough, middle of summer, got one on a salt block. I mean, it was kind of close to the property line, but not. Never had any suspicion of someone stealing it. And Which sure. is probably like the one that wasn't a cell cam or what? Oh, it was a cell cam. I got a picture of him. Oh, that's I do, okay. Nice I do guy remember coming in with a big pocket knife. Oh yeah, oh, big really? Bowie knife. For what reason? That Ready is. to cut that strap off. Yeah, he didn't take long to steal that one. What a dirt bag. Mm. I mean, this is hillbilly BFE down there. Mm-hmm. I had another picture of a guy on our property that had a pickaxe just walking around. <laughs> Just hanging out with his pickaxe all day. Yeah. You never know what you find down there. Yeah, yeah Ohio's different. We've uh, turkey hunted there, and Frank and I have deer hunted over there. Um, it's it's not hard to find some different culture mm-hmm. in that area. Oh, yeah. Some meth labs. <laughs> I, I don't know if we ever talked about that on the podcast, but Sharpie and I did stumble across a um, meth lab. Really? Dur- turkey hunting, yeah. Uh, we, were, we were hunting, like, deep into some state land. And kind of that shit you'd see on like, remember the old TV show Moonshiners? Mm-hmm. They go way back in the woods to brew their shine. Yeah, we're like way back in, and like out of nowhere, we start seeing these like orange tags, like in the trees. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's weird. So we're like, follow them. We, we didn't really follow them, but like they were just in the direction you were already. Yeah, going. so we're going down that way, and <laughs> about oh, probably quarter of a mile down, and I don't know how far back the orange tags. But we just were, you know, kind of mm-hmm. caught them on a cross. Um, we get up and there's this like little clearing and there is like two liter bottles filled with match heads and like hoses and beakers. I'm you like, think people wouldn't put <laughs> tags to get to their meth lab. I'm t- like, we, Keith and I like walk up and we're like, I mean, there was red phosphorus like everywhere. I'm like, this isn't an accident. I'm yeah. like, now we're like, okay, some meth heads is going to come out and like, yeah, hit us with their pickaxe or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we backed out of there pretty quick. Um, but yeah, you just you never know what you're gonna find in the deep in the woods, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, thank you, Austin. That was uh, yeah. I'm super happy for you. Thank you. Um, nobody deserves it more than I know you. You put in so much time to go hunt that property every. I mean, you were down there a lot of weekends, and then even the weekends you weren't, you were still doing your thing up in Climber with us, um, which we greatly appreciate. Yeah, um, get out of work at. 5 30 in the morning after working all night and driving four and a half hours down there (laughs) you're like a zombie as soon as you get down there you're like okay i gotta hunt the rest of the night and i'll be good and then you're done there and you're trying to find a hotel and then oh my gosh how many days i did that that was (laughs) (laughs) why were you staying in a hotel when you had the truck bed 
10. Well, if it was raining hard, I wasn't going to bring it. Like, I'd check the weather, and you you are not going to sleep a lot inside of a windy tent all night, and I figured that out pretty quick. Trial and error. Those coyotes down there, do they will scream all night long. Really? Yeah. i tell you what. Frank and I are really good at finding shitty hotels. Uh, and I those feel like p- all of us are pretty good at that. Yeah, I guess we've all kind of got a knack for that. Like, I have... I don't think I've ever spent more than 60 bucks on a hotel while I'm hunting. And many times I've done it for under 50. Yeah. So. That's what you look for. Mm-hmm. When me and Keith hunted Kashokton, we stayed in a Super 8 motel. And oh, so you guys went nice. Oh, yeah. Super. <laughs> uh, so nice. Um, minus the bloodstained mattress. In the lobby, <laughs> there was autographed photos of all the celebrities that had stayed there. And the only one I can recall is Brad Paisley. Oh, yeah? Brad Paisley stayed at that Motel 8. Yeah, supposedly. You know, it's all fun and games until you find bed bugs. That's all I got to yeah. say. That'll I've had, your night. I've had five gallons of paint spilled on the floor in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Ashtrays mm-hmm. in a non-smoking room, cockroaches, no hot water. I had um, one time I walked the into a... hotel manager li- or motel manager lives in room one. The one time I went to a hotel, Frank was already there. And I asked the guy, I want the closest room to Frank Myers. The guy didn't ask for any ID, no reason why. Like Just Nick gave him 50 bucks cash, and he's like, okay, yeah. this is his room. I'll put you right next to him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like I, yeah, he didn't take my ID, didn't take a credit card, nothing. I handed him 50 bucks cash and asked him to put me in the closest room to Frank Myers, and he did. I was like, this is nice. <laughs> we could probably have an episode on some of the – Freaking shitholes we've stayed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kansas hey, we, alone. Yeah, Kansas alone was, I, I stayed in a whole string because we were like bouncing all over the state. So it was like one night here, two nights there, one night there. Um, yeah, that was some really bad hotels. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Motels. Yeah. Tom, anything you need to say before I close her out? No, that uh, that should about do it. All right. Well, guys, I think this is uh, – we're nearing the end of the Deer Camp series. I got one more um, monster buck story coming, um, saving best for last. So It might not be the last. We still got New York in line. I got a buck tag yet. I still have a buck tag in PA for late season. So, Well, if any of you guys beat this monster I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't have uh, anything <laughs> on camera that's going to beat that one. Um, I mean, this is like close to Boone. Like it's it, big. It's massive. It's, it's actually, I think it's the biggest deer we've ever had on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm sure the guy that's going to be telling the story is going to listen to this episode. So um, look forward to that coming down in the near future. Um, but on that note, you guys had already heard season's not over. So make sure you guys are all still getting outside. <laughs>